0: Hello, you are listening to the OmniTalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the a and Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Suzzle. Ranked in the top 10% of podcasts globally, OmniTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is March 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the headlines making waves in the world of OmniChannel Retailing. Chris. We survived Shop Talk 2023.
1: Survived is a relative term, Barely. and I think I got to give you credit for making it through that read too, because I know you're not feeling your May West here. I this am morning. not.
0: I am not feeling. I don't know what that. I still don't understand what that means exactly. You said that to me yesterday, and I was like, feeling my May West. What? What is that exactly? You're
1: feeling your best, Dan. You're May West. You're best. That's what it means. But uh, yeah, you're you're a little under the weather today, but you're bit. shouldering on as we always bit. do at Omni Talk with our incredible travel plans. But
0: Shop Talk was great. Oh, my God. Probably one of the best Shop Talks ever for multiple it was so reasons. Far. But you'll notice that we're we're wearing, wearing our medals Our medals from S- Jenny Wolski. Super it's fan Jenny
1: Wolski gave us these medals. Yeah. She's a marathon runner. She loves our show. She says she listens to it when she runs
0: yes she believes she's completed a, a, a half marathon 13.1 miles worth of listening, listening to, to our show. show.
1: yeah so i'm going to probably put some mile markers into this show and as we're going along as a shout out to jenny as oh we go God, along I at least i'm going to try to but uh yeah you had a fun experience in the airport yeah, yesterday it was too, was
0: fun yes i need to give a quick shout out to this wonderful woman who <laughs> we got off the plane last night in minneapolis I desperately needed to go to the bathroom. I was, I drank like 15 giant jugs of water and then finally got off the plane and was running to the bathroom. And this sweet woman came up to me and she was like, hey, this is a weird question, but are you Anne Mazinga? I was like, yeah. And she, she said, I just started listening to the podcast and I love it. I just came from shop talk and I was like, oh my gosh. And I coughed because I'm not <laughs> feeling well and not kidding you, pee starts going down oh, my, my leg. So oh I just God. had to abort the conversation <laughs> and run into the bathroom. So I'm so sorry. Thank you, whoever you are. For I'm sorry we didn't get to continue the conversation. One of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Wow. Oh, my God. No, co- so no great. completion of the conversation. It was it was terrible. A cough and it was over. After having two kids, it's just like forgetting.
1: it's the way it works. Sometimes it's the way it works. But, Ed. We this survived. Is the, we survived. We're here. It's my favorite show of the month because yes. our friends from the AM Consumer and Retail Group are here. Why don't you introduce them?
0: Yes. Joining us today and back for their regular monthly appearance are our friends from the a and Consumer and Retail Group. This week, we have Lakshman, Lakshmanon, and Billy Christensen. Lakshman and Billy, why don't we take a second here for each of you to introduce yourselves? And Lakshman, because you're a first timer, I'm going to start with you.
2: Hey, let's park, let's uh, open the champagne now. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, it's awesome, awesome to be here. Thank you for hosting us. Um, my name is Lakshman. I am a consultant slash operator. Uh, worked at Target for seven years, oh. and uh, yeah, in the in the MMBI merchandising, marketing, business intelligence program, and also in supply chain and loss prevention teams, and uh, currently with. Uh, AM Consumer Retail Group as a managing director partner. So good to be
0: Welcome. here. Welcome. Welcome, Larsman. Um Billy, why don't you go next?
3: Hi. Uh, great to be back. I'm glad that this uh validates that previous my previous appearance was my maiden voyage and not my only voyage. Uh, yes. but always I have, a good
1: sign, Billy. Always a, a good sign.
3: sign. Yes. Always a good sign. Uh, so I am a senior director in the consumer and retail group um, like Lakshman, and and uh, we'll make this just a nice little Target reunion uh, since I spent time, <laughs> time at Target as well. That's right. Um, but uh, no, I uh, have both an operating and a consulting background and uh, really excited to be here and and keep the conversations going
0: well we're really excited to have both of you and I think Chris we should get you want get the show started on the road let's
1: get this show going all right in today's fast five we've got news on Choice markets plans to scale up what it calls mini stores Gap calling it quits on its retail media network an interesting new pricing strategy from Telfar Levi's testing AI generated fashion models can't wait to get into that one but we begin today with big news from Amazon
0: and Panera and all right that's Go to headline number one. Chris, according to an Amazon company blog post written by 2022 Omnistar Dilip Kumar. Shout out Panera will be taking its loyalty program, My Panera to a, quote, whole new level, end quote, with Amazon One's newly launched loyalty linking capability. So Amazon One, which Am- Amitok fans know, is Amazon's palm recognition service that lets customers enter, identify, and pay for items all with... This the scan of the palm with a scan of the palm but this is the is the first time that Amazon is linking the My Panera loyalty memberships to customers Amazon One profiles via the payment system mm. big note there mm. the new Amazon One with the loyalty linking feature is launching at two Panera bakery cafes in the St. Louis area and will become available at additional Panera locations in the coming months uh Lakshman let's go to you first here what do you think do you like this move from Panera or do you think it's not that big of a deal? Much ado about nothing.
2: Well, let let me start. You know, with a with a question for the group. Right? What is Amazon really good at?
0: Hmm. Hmm. Good question. What do you think? What What do you, What's your response?
2: Well, let's say digital commerce, right? And how they've been mm-hmm. able to monetize everything under the sun, including marketplace, including you know their AWS services, and how they can cross-reference all of these assets and build upon an ecosystem which serves you know, their <laughs> advancements of their uh, priorities and their objectives, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what are they not really good at? What have they not proved to be good at in the last five years?
1: <laughs> Great question. Physical stores. Right. Physical stores. That's where I think you're right. going,
2: yep. Yeah. So the check, the self, you know, um, the contactless, the self-checkout, you know, craze that they started out with, you know, the stores are kind of shutting down, right? Amazon Fresh hasn't taken up as much as we would have hoped. So they have developed all these assets in the field, in the retail space that they have to somehow monetize and redeploy. Right mm-hmm. now for Panera, it's a good deal because we are talking about 50 million Americans right in their loyalty programs. Um, but one and two Americans roughly are in the prime program. So for them, the space is much more to grow and they could probably leverage this relationship in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas for Amazon, it is just about monetization of all the assets that they've created, the technology that they've created. And keep in mind that no retailer out there will touch their checkout technology, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody is gonna do that. So there has to be somebody who's not in the counter space or in the counter space who can probably leverage the technology so that's probably the link that I'm seeing. And then, you know, you think about other things as well, right? I mean, retail media networks, they are kings that
0: mm-hmm.
2: they probably sponsor, you know, Panera to a greater degree when this right. is their page, and that could become a win-win relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great point. I was even thinking like, do we see the Panera membership as part of Prime? You know, the subscription, like,
3: does,
2: like right. crazy yeah, directions that's a like that point. down
1: the line, who knows? But Billy, what do you think here?
3: You know, I think there's, there's one other bit of uh, one other thing in here that we want to recognize Amazon being really good at, and that's getting your information, Mm -hmm. right? Right? And this is just another means to get more of your information. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, on the one hand that could be, you know, for, for Amazon, that's obviously a great thing. Yeah. Um, And it helps, it's, it's another thing for them to monetize or another, you know, aspect that they can monetize. You know, as a consumer, uh, it uh, I was thinking about it through a different little bit of a different lens, which is this is just another thing because I was reading up on how yeah, like, you got to register for yeah. it and everything else and 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 reading through, you know some of the articles that are out there on it, right it talked about, oh, this, you know, this helps get rid of that. Well, no, it doesn't. You still got to go through the process of signing up for another rewards program to, right. to you know to to do all of this stuff. So okay. I, I as a consumer, I'm looking at it going, hmm, I, I, I think it's much ado about nothing as a mm. consumer. Oh. But but uh, you know from an Amazon perspective, I mean, it's more information and that's what I mean that's what they monetize and so I mean kudos to them. Yeah.
0: See, I got to disagree with you, Billy, because I think that it is a friction point for sure, but when you think about it's it's one time. So like mm. you add your credit cards to your mobile wallet one time. I mean, yeah. this is a one time process and you get all the benefits of you know, especially Panera, the repeat customers. What did Lakshman say? One in six uh, people in the U.S. are members of the My Panera program. Like, if you're going there five times a week to be able to have that convenience, it's well worth. I think the one-time sign-up. Yep. Um,
3: right, but you and- already if you if you got My Panera Awards, haven't you already done that? So that's why I say it's an additional thing. You've already right. done all of those things.
1: Yes, but because I was I was with you, Billy, too. I was like. I was in your camp. I was like, this is kind of silly from a consumer perspective. Like at the end of the day is paying with my palm that much better than just using Apple Pay as an example. But the trick here is like, it's actually taking away the scan of the Panera app too. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's much more fluid of a transaction for the consumer where they don't have to take their phone out of their wallet and then they don't have to scan the mobile pay or scan the app. So I think there's some benefits there that make my life easier, especially as we always say, if I've got kids in tow as well which yeah. is always a problem for me um but so that's the part i like about it but lakshman looks like you want to get the last word in here let's give you the last word
2: yeah i i've already been chastised by Anne on this uh, a few months <laughs> back <laughs> where anything which is seamless touchless contactless right i was kind of skeptical about it and is like you know imagine you having two kids and four bags and you know right. so i i got my you know listen there right right great point especially with curbside pickup too like that was the
1: other thing too like that happened this week too like somebody said to somebody said online like well i don't want to do that but like have you ever done it without with kids in the car you don't want to go get out your kids and get your starbucks so anyway all right let's keep rolling headline number two choice market plans this is very very a good segue from the last headline too i'm gonna say Heads number two, Choice Market plans to open at least five more frictionless mini mart C-stores by the end of 23, quote, with a big ramp up in 2024, Choice Market founder and CEO Mike Fogarty said in an email to C-Store Dive recently. According also to Retail Dive, the move comes on the heels of Choice Market's recent Series A funding round and just five months after Choice Market debuted its first mini mart location on the University of Colorado Anschutz. Mm. Medical campus. I always love when I get to drop my German accent. And the first store was approximately 400 square f- was up a- was an approximately 400 square foot. C store is open 24 hours a day and is also fully autonomous. You basically just walk out. That's the only way to shop it. There is no traditional checkout option. And I'm gonna go with you first on this one. Yeah,
0: Do I just you- went to Choice Market in I- Denver a few weeks. I
1: ago. I know that's where I'm going to you first. Yeah. So my question for you is this. Are autonomous stores now not dead? Or is this a real use case with legs?
0: This is definitely a real use case with legs. I think we're still going to see slow adoption with the larger format stores. But first of all, you will not find two better guys on this planet than Mike Fogarty and their chief operating officer, Ben Kipfer. Agreed. Ben uh took me through the choice store in Denver and we were talking about this and and their expansion plans and you know this is how you make money on this concept mm-hmm. it's small format it's fully autonomous you don't have to worry about staffing it's open 24/7 like this is the perfect use case and this is what we're seeing a lot of early adoption and success with at stadiums at mm-hmm. you know the hospitals at the campuses like this will be a really successful concept and this is how you can quickly and easily scale. So I think this makes a ton of sense for them um and I also think that it's you know it's going to be interesting to see where some of these other other providers they're working with a five for this one but i'm interested to see if other people kind of move in this same direction because you know that the campuses want it you know that developers want this for the floors of their condo buildings like the one that i went to in denver yeah. like it's it's got legs
1: a hundred percent agree and there's another point i would make here too that i think is really important coming off the last story and what Lakshman said too about amazon's ability to do physical retail yeah these guys get physical retail They're living and breathing it every day. They know merchandising. They know how to sort their stores. Like you go into them, they're very captivating, very intriguing. So these guys get it. Yeah, And because of that, they have a foot up and an advantage to make a concept like this work. That's t- it's such a good point. That's like, the
0: important thing. They source local product. Mike's whole philosophy is like have a good, better, best product option yeah. so that you are covering all the bases and the price point. I mean, it, yeah. And
1: they're working in the stores like they are hungry. Right. They are entrepreneurs. They yes. want to make this work. Yes. So they're going to figure it out, I think. So kudos to them. But Billy, what do you think? You're shaking your head. Looks like I... you're agreeing.
3: I I couldn't agree more with both of you on everything that you said. And I think, you know, Ann you, you hit the thought that that you, you said the thought that for me resonated quickly um when I was, you know, looking looking in, uh, into this before the you know before this, which is they figured out the right place and the right yes. size, right? Yep. This is not the size of a Target or a Walmart. This is that small footprint with, you know, concept in the right places where the, you know, you've got that right kind of traffic. And I think that's where, you know, to, to we'll bring up Amazon again, is that's where Amazon's stores, I think maybe stub their toe a little bit is mm-hmm. they, they missed that element of it. They try to do maybe too much too soon. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you this, like when I saw this and, and I had never heard of choice market before, uh, you know, you, you know, preparing for this and was immediately just like, wow, when is it opening near me? I wanna go check this out. This is exactly what I had
1: hoped this concept would be. Yeah. So I, I couldn't agree with you all nice. more. You hear that, Mike Fogarty, he wants it in Atlanta. He wants it yeah, in brilliant. Atlanta. Lashmi,
2: what do you think? The, the limited assortment, small footprint is the key here, right? Okay. And this automatically means that you have reduced the operational complexity, your operating expenses are low, to kind of move the same boxes, as many boxes that you need to move through the supply chain, right? And the the act of replenishment is much more simplified. And so the end-to-end management of this is much more streamlined, if you will. And for you to deploy a technology that kind of works, we know that it works there and they're Mm -hmm. expanding it, is, is is a great way to approach this rather than, you know, looking at this as a big grocery format and struggling with economies of scale there, right? And the ROIs, we're seeing this convenience format uh, in and out, I when mean, you look at airports, you still see a lot of, you know, people going in there. I still think at the airport, they have to reduce the assortment. Just have yeah. to have the basic skews. That's a
1: great point, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's- There workers. is too much in those assortment, in right. those airport stores. You don't need like the tchotchke-like stuff, you know? Yeah, it's a great yeah. point.
2: Yeah, so I think, I think this has legs. Uh,
0: all right, we're in unanimous agreement. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, somebody was telling us, who came up to us at Shop Talk and was like, you guys need to stop agreeing on things. Oh you yeah, get like better when you fight. So, yeah, he was like, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but, so we might get to that though. We might, we we might. yeah, we might. I, but I think it's funny, we universally agreed on that one. Yes. So that's cool for, for choice and those guys.
0: All right, well, let's move on to headline number three. According to Marketing Dive, Gap has shut down its retail media efforts. Uh, Gap unveiled its retail media network, GPS Media, in February of 2022. GPS Media was intended to help the embattled retailer attract brands interested in placing ads on Gap's website that could be targeted with first-party data. But now Gap is calling it quits and says it plans to direct more resources toward areas like logistics and fulfillment. Billy, we're going to you first on this one. Is this a blip or a sign of more announcements like this to come, you think?
3: I think it's a sign of more to come with you Gap. You do? Yeah. Okay. It's another, it's, you know, the last time I was on, we had a different topic. And it was Gap and Amazon.
1: Right. And,
3: you know, my my point then was, uh, one, it's heartbreaking to see because it's just, this feels more like Gap just grabbing anything they can to try yeah. to see what sticks and nothing's anchored in an overarching strategy. And I think this is another example of that. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I, I, I don't see what kind of proposition brand, you know, Gap would bring to anybody to want to advertise, like, where are the tie-ins? What is, you know, Gap, it it, it pains me just because I've got such a soft spot in my heart for the brand uh, right. growing up and growing up in the, you know, 80s and 90s. Yeah. I mean, Gap was it. Mm-hmm, um, and to sure. not see it there anymore, right, is 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 a bit heartbreaking. I Again, I I I just I want to see from Gap and Gap leadership a strategy. What are they going to become? What are they going to, you know, who do they want to be? Because there's they've kind of reached, in my opinion, uh, their ubiquitousness that they or the ubiquity that they reached, you know, years ago turned them from being a brand and a culture, if you will, as an identity to a commodity. Mm -hmm. And it's it's you know there I I just don't see. I don't see anything that, that is, that is going to add to the Brad, the brand strength with any of these activities that they're doing. It's just.
1: And so just to push you on that a little bit more sure. um, and then we'll go to Lakshman too, but so, but do you think when you said, you think it's a sign of more things to come, do you think mm-hmm. more retailers then are going to also pull back on their efforts? Because like you said, you don't see the value proposition on retail media network for gap. Yeah. Do you think this will be a sign of more dominoes to fall in that direction?
3: you know i was thinking of it more in the in the more things to come from a gap perspective oh, not from okay. a, not from a okay. industry but i okay. think but but since you since you posed the question that way um i do think that yes retailers say that are selling multi brands mm-hmm. i think a, a retail media network for them right can make a lot of do, canon does make a lot of sense right. specific brands unless there are very strong tie ins that either the brand because they possess on their own like if nike tried to do this right i mean people don't want to be jump on jump on nike's on that train right or lulu Mm -hmm. or somebody like that who has that 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 kind of position i think it makes it might make sense for them but you know for so i think in that way it 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 can make sense but for anybody who doesn't have that proposition yeah i think it's going to be you know efforts tried and tried and failed um or tried and abandoned yeah. Um, not so, yeah, Not
0: everybody's Nike. Not everybody exactly. that kind of that kind of weight. Lakshman right. What do you think? What are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, it's a trade-off question at this point. They are now beginning to ramp up their investments in a shared network for their logistics, right? Similar to what we see others do in the space. So, at this point, it's a question of you know where do you put you know, your resources behind and efforts uh, behind, I think they are seeing that there is greater traction in the market for a shared economy, for distribution and logistics. And I mean, percent 40% of the market is controlled by Amazon and, uh, you know, Target and Walmart round up the first, you know, the top 60% of the spend in the space. So, you know, it's very hard to break in. very, very hard to get scale in the retail media space right now. Uh, unless you have a broad assortment offering, mm-hmm. right? A target can attract diverse group of customers while Gap attracts only a certain type of consumer. Right. So it's pretty hard to sell in uh, lots more into that particular channel. So I think it's, it's a question of trade-off. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, Chris, I mean, your thoughts mm-hmm. around this answering, I love the, the dimensions to this question, but mm-hmm. your thoughts were more specifically, I think, going back to what you asked Billy too, is like, mm-hmm. how how many are too many retail media networks?
1: Yeah, 100%. That's I like the move. I think it's really smart. And I, I agree with both of what you guys are saying. Like for me, like I would be putting, first, uh, two parts to this. First, I would be definitely putting my efforts towards the logistics side of things and fulfillment, oh. relatively speaking, because- Like Billy said, they're ubiquitous. They have that stood up. There's scale that they can take advantage of in that direction. Retail media, not so much, right? Like, like Billy, like you guys both said, like they're kind of limited in what they can tie in and the the value proposition they can give to the brands that would want to advertise. And so, yeah, my second part would be like, I found out at Shop Talk, Mm -hmm. I was talking to Irene, um, Irene from yeah, from Treasure Data, Mm -hmm. who we had an awesome podcast with recently. You guys should listen to it if you haven't yet. She told us that there are over 40 retail media networks that have been stood up. Yeah. And I got thinking, I'm like, who are those 40? Like, that's crazy. So outside the big guys where like you have multi-brands in their offering, which is most likely the branded grocers, the branded mass super centers that yeah. are in the home categories, the CPG categories, the health categories, the beauty categories. I have trouble seeing this working to that degree where there's 40 of them throughout yeah. the country. So I think there's going to be more. Of this happening when I put it in that perspective, but what yeah.
0: do you think? Well, my just last closing word, real quick, would be that I disagree with you about fulfillment. I I wouldn't be <laughs> focusing on that either. I think gap. Well, that I think yeah, gap has to focus thing, on yeah. how they make themselves relevant across all their brands right. to the next generation of consumer. Or you don't have a fulfillment and logistics network right. that's going to be worth leveraging. That's a great people point. People aren't buying from. Yeah, it, and
1: I think so. I said that on that podcast too. I think it's just relatively. I like this better than the other one, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, let's keep rolling. According to Yahoo Life. First time Yahoo! Life's been set on this program. <laughs> Telfar, the New York-based brand whose popular handbag, the Bushwick Birkin, oh hey, has announced a live pricing model for their latest collection, which will debut on March 27th, or debuted on March 27th. Here's how it worked. And special thanks to Omnitalk superfan Fredo for bringing this to our attention. According to the Telfar site, the collection drops at the wholesale price more than 50% off retail and then goes up every second until it reaches full price. Whatever price it sells out at, that becomes the price for future drops. Of course, some shoppers are arguing that the new pricing model may cause a, quote, panic or, quote, fear of missing out among potential buyers, while others are, according to Yahoo, praising Telfair for their, quote, bravery in thinking, quote, outside of the box and breaking pricing norms and even easing pricing barriers. Billy, this is kind of your wheelhouse. On which side of this argument do you fall? First of all,
3: love it. Good, I'm, a, okay. I'm a big fan of this because wow. for, for the very reason that it is getting the strong reaction that that story talked about, right? Yeah. That I, I think first and foremost shows that it's resonating with, with the target audience. Right. I think the idea of generating FOMO and all of that, um, I also like, and it very much harkens to, to me, harken back to. The target limited time offers and partnerships with mm-hmm. Sony and mm-hmm. Lily Pulitzer and, and what happened there. And now granted, there was, you know, a lot of, I would say, disgruntled people on the resale market, where some of the, you know, people were going into the target stores, buying a ton of stuff, putting it out on eBay for mm-hmm. multiples of the of the sticker price. But the reality is that's the free market economy, right? People, right. if people are gonna pay for it, why wouldn't you put it for that price? I think this is gonna have a very similar effect where people who will want, you know, if the bag that they put out is desirable and again, whatever their structure is from a wholesale to a retail and the the units involved, et cetera, you know, however they run that, I'm I'm very keen to understand what those details are. But the fact is, if it's generating that kind of hype and generating that kind of buzz and people really want it, I mean, that's that's, going to only strengthen the brand and only going to make it more desirable, only going to make it more popular. So I I really like this. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I read it and was skeptical at first, but then the, I thought about. It, I was like, no, actually, this is. I think this this has. I don't know that this is a scalable model. I think this is right. something to generate buzz and hype on on small things, but
1: I I, I like it for what it is. Interesting, I've vacillated like 15 times and I think I just did again while you were talking about that. But Ann, what do you think? Are you with Billy on this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you have at least- really? I mean, you have two people on this podcast and I imagine several listening who didn't know about this brand until right now. Yeah. And now are are- Keen to follow, like something that has has hype, has demand. Like this isn't the first time you've seen something like this happen. It's happening on the third party auction sites and marketplace sites where it's starting at one price and keeps going up. I mean, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. I think people that are worried about panic and FOMO, like you guys, need to find something yeah, new to worry. About. See,
1: I don't, I don't know. See, I, I kind of think it's as I step step back, and I have literally vacillated on this like sixteen times. Yeah. But where I'm at right now. I think it's kind of gimmicky because like I thought about it, like how does the economics of this work out? If it works out the way you said, the resellers are going to be the ones that are jumping on that product because it's luxury and they're going to try to resell it. And so there's going to be there. You can't make money on that in the long run if you're Telfair selling all your stuff at that low of a price and creating that type of demand in the marketplace. Like I thought about like what if Nike did this with their drops? That would never work in the long run. So that's where my head is on it. But Lakshman, settle the debate here. What What's going on?
2: They are reversing the ladder here, right? They're reversing the markdown ladder. They don't want to sit on excess inventory. They want to kind of create the buzz, move the product out of the shelves, right? They want to do it. But to your point, it's a margin question, right? I mean, it, it, are you growing your top line and bottom line at the same time? And if you're not doing it at the right pace, right? I mean, they are in for a, a world of you know pain uh, Some you a know, couple of years down the line. So for me, it's a margin thing. And to your point, uh, Chris, I think if they if they kind of fuel this fire for the secondary market, they're losing their primary position in the market. Right? That's not what you should be fueling for. Right.
1: That and that's what I wonder. I wonder if there's a deleterious effect that happens in that way in the long run. But Ann, you know this you space
0: guys gotta, far you more guys than I do think about this differently. Far
1: more than I do. I
0: think it's more. Now we're debating, Ann. It's more of a marketing move. <laughs> You've got you, you're getting people attracted, interested in the brand with this pricing model, with the creating the FOMO around the brand. Okay. And then what they're doing is using this to set the future price. And there's going to be I mean, they you're they're not going to go below value. I think it actually stands to maybe increase what the future price is, because, you know, what the market is willing to pay for. I mean, this I product. guess you're
1: just saying we're going to set the floor to our wholesale price and that's where we're going to be in yes. the market. So they're resetting their price valuation. Right. Billy, last word. I,
3: you know, I think that it, there's a couple of things in here that I think are really important to keep in mind. And, and Chris, you said, like you said, it's a gimmick and it is. Yeah. And, but as long as it's contained, yeah. right. This is not all of a sudden their entire business model. This is right. Cause they'll still have their core, their core assortment that is going to be sold at a certain price. That is the foundation that the entire company is built on, right. The rest of the business is built on, as long as they contain it. And and use it to their benefit and be disciplined about that. Then I think it, this this will pay very big dividends for them. You know, from, an, from a from a marketing and
1: attention perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if it works, retailers are creatures of habit. We'll see other people start doing it really, really quickly.
0: All right. Let's go to headline number five. Levi's is planning to start testing AI generated fashion models. Woohoo! According to the Business of Fashion, Amy Gershkoff Ballas. Levi's Global Head of Digital and Emerging Technology Strategy announced the company will begin experimenting with AI-generated models on its e-commerce channels later this year to increase the diversity of models shoppers can see wearing its products. Levi's partner on the project is Lalaland.ai, a digital studio that creates customized AI-generated models. Sometimes I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> it should be also be noted that Levi's emphasized in a statement that it is still hiring diverse models and will continue to do so. And that the purpose of the AI models is to supplement, not replace human models in order to create what it described as, quote, a more personal and inclusive shopping experience, end quote. Lakshman, is this where you would advise Levi to invest in AI amid all the like recent AI hype? Is this where you'd be telling them to go?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love this move. Love this, right? Because Vision AI, you love it. Because Vision AI has taken up, you know, huge has you know, markedly improved in the last three, four years, right? Right. Uh, you see a number of people putting, you know, claiming their wares on LinkedIn showing how they were able to, you know, uh classify a, a cat from a tree, right? Uh yep. you know, all that, you know, images that you see. That classification has now come to a generative AI, you know, stage, right? DAL E has just opened doors for so many, so many possibilities here. And for, you know, I, I went through a number of these if you just think back, you know, six months or even 12 months back, guys, you know, you look at all these avatars that were being created, Michaela, and, you know, all these other things that were happening in the in the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. Those were anime, those were gimmicks, right? They did not have a look and feel, a personalized connection, whether it was a eye-to-eye contact, right? Mm-hmm. A skin color tone, which is very similar to mine, None Mm -hmm. of it was there, right? It was artificially made up and it had a very, you know, robotic, uh, you know, sense and taste and, you know, feel to it, right? But now you're looking at this, it is real. And think about all the samples that you get rid of. Think about all the fitting sessions that you need to get rid of. Think about all the, you know, marketing overhead that you spend, right? This is customizable to a group of people and this can just overlay the customized marketing programs personalized content and this can take off really big in my opinion wow
1: points and compelling points Philly, what are your thoughts you
3: know, I, I think it's really important in this conversation to separate two things, right? The the representation aspect, which was high, you know, which has been highlighted in conversations about this, and just the, the stone cold business part. And I'm gonna focus Great. on the stone cold business part first. It makes complete sense from a stone cold business perspective for all the reasons Lakshman was just saying. Mm-hmm. Um from the representation part and the more social aspects of it, I am very, very, very uh nervous about this. Yeah. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, representation in, you know, using AI for representation, you're creating things that aren't there necessarily. And that's the, that I think is a really touchy thing where mm. it's really not representation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a stylized or an idealized representation. And so the idea of how, even if they're, you know, if they're showing various body types or various flaws, right. So that they, they're showing imperfections, the, that's also going to be based on an idealized set of things as opposed to if you have people where you don't get to idealize mm-hmm. some of that. Right. That's why we use makeup. That's why we use touch-ups. That's why we use all of that. So I think that there's a, you know, there when when it treads into the social aspects or talking about representation and things like that, I am very, very that's a very touchy thing in, in my mind. And I think there's a lot of room to to unintentionally cause a lot of problems there for the company. But from a business perspective. I think it's fantastic. I think I mean, it really does all of the things, you know, from a from a cost benefit perspective on the business side. Um, I, I couldn't be happier about that part. Wow.
0: I'm gonna really disagree with you guys on this one. Really? I think i I get the business point of it, but I think there's a happy medium here that would have made a lot more sense for Levi's. and that would be. What the diversity of the models, I get that they're trying to do that, but I Billy, I think you bring up some oh, really great important points, made. right? Yeah. And let's talk about the consumer here because that's what we're getting lost in. yeah, if I, the reason you're having models of different shapes and sizes of different ethnicities, like is because you want to show me how that product is going to look on my body. and nothing that you're doing with an AI generated model is helping me get a better sense of what that product is actually going to look like on my body. So if I was Levi's, I would be investing in leveraging actual human data collected, whether that's through 3D modeling. Like we, you know, we had Chris, I had Christian um, from Savage by Fenty on the, on one of my panels at Shop Talk, talking about how they're doing 3D body scans in the fitting room right. and then using those digital twins to improve their product, mm-hmm. to give their customers shopping online a better sense of how that product is actually mm-hmm. going to fit on my body. So if I was Levi's, I would never have come out with this. I would have said this is we're going to yeah. focus our efforts and our business case on how do we make the product fit my customers better? How do we use technology in that it for that reason instead of this total BS? I, I can't. I think and on tilt. You're on tilt. I think awful. You're on tilt. I'm really upset about it. All there's right. So many. There's so many better decisions they could have made. And they like put their foot in their mouths coming out with this and for the reasons that they wow. said.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um. Here's what I'll say to you. I 100% agree. Oh. I 100% agree. Lachman almost flipped me in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Because I thought he presented some pretty compelling. Well, oh, the
0: business, the business, the business case. arguments are there. The like,
1: sampling thing, yeah. the sustainability, all that. Like the cost that it requires to send those samples to everybody. They put them on the fit models as you're doing all this stuff. Like it's pretty intense and expensive. But um, he almost flipped me. But Billy flipped me, flipped me back because his points are really good. And the other point I would make too is, and I think this tells you something. This topic, Chip Berg, CEO of Levi's, was on stage at Shop Talk. Yes. And this topic was notably absent from that discussion. Yes, could
0: not be asked. Which
1: meant it was off limits because it should have been asked by the CNBC reporter. I can't remember who it was, but it should have been asked. And so when you get down to, yes, AI is cool. Yes, it's happening. But you think back, somebody said to me, or Michael Koziak from Best Buy said, two months ago, we were at NRF. No one was talking about AI. Mm-hmm. No one. Now ChatGPT happens. Everyone's talking about it. It's probably still a little bit overhyped, even though it's probably real. And so it wouldn't be the first place I'd invest. I'd go it. there's so many other places I would do before I'd open the social Pandora's box like Billy talked about in this direction. So I 100% agree with you, Billy, last word. You know, there's one other
3: thing I think that was in in the article that we're, you know, read ahead of time, which it was talking about. Oh, I can't, you know, it's hard for us to find all of, there's no way we can find all of the people, all the physical models to do all of this, which I don't, I I didn't buy that one. I
0: hired talent. I hired talent (laughs) for a giant major retailer. It's not an issue. (laughs) I
3: I, I thought that was a really flimsy, a flimsy uh, justification. Yeah, Lachman, go ahead.
2: Yeah. What about those people who are browsing from Area 51? what would they be shown? That is the question that I have. Right. Right. All
1: right. Let's close up this great show. This has been an awesome show. It's been so entertaining and insightful. I love it.
0: All right. Uh, Question number one in the lightning round goes to you, Lakshman. The new Starbucks CEO says he plans to pull barista shifts every month. If you walked in and he was there working behind the counter, what drink would you want him to make you?
2: Well, you know, anything that has 16 words in it is what I'm going for. (laughs) That's what I want
0: in Lakshman. That's
2: awesome. And a pop cup. That's what I want.
1: I love it. That is such a great answer. I love that. All right, Billy Schnooks rolled out a tech enabled solid bar last week. What's the next thing you'd like to be more tech enabled in your grocery store? Oh.
3: You know, I, it, I would love, I guess, a, a more tech enabled, you know, meats counter or or bakery yes. counter. So I'm not yes. sitting around waiting forever for, you know, one person who's working there to service 20 customers.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. God. I love that answer. That's amazing. Billy, you guys are killing it. Um, Billy, I'm going to go back to you for question number three. Banana Republic just announced they're unveiling new home categories in three sentences or less. Is this a good move or bad?
3: It is a great move. They are building on a an identifiable Banana Republic culture of, of the brand. I'd like to see the Gap brand capture some of what Banana is doing.
1: Interesting. Interesting. And food for thought. This is a strategy that existed back in the nineties. So it's curious to see it come back again. All right, Lakshman, last one. Lululemon reported solid Q4 earnings, but buried in the earnings release was the exactly $442.7 million post-tax impairment charge related to the mirror business. What would you be advising CEO Calvin McDonald to do with that segment of the business right now?
2: Yeah. Listen, I mean, they have to just go back to the basics on this, right? Product, 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 which yeah. is where they're killing it. They are just, you know, going to third place in market share. They are right. just on the rise. They are just doing so well. Their partnerships have been weak for the longest time. You go to Orange Theory and you go to a couple of other places. They have a few of their, you know, adult, but that's a channel that they can potentially leverage more mm-hmm. rather than you know investing into all these tech assets, right? Easy for them to do is just build out their digital, you know, app and make it so much better and have just APIs to, you know, health and fitness apps, right? And that's an ecosystem that they can build and leverage very fast rather than creating something out of, you know, a new category, which quite honestly isn't doing great. I yep. mean, you look at others like tonal, et cetera, they're not doing great.
1: So, 100% agree. And like we said, when they first announced it, said they have to roll it out right, and just putting it on the floor in a Lululemon and expecting people come is not going to be enough. So, all right, that wraps us up. Great show today. Great show. Happy birthday to Celine Dion, Tracy Chapman.
0: Did you hear um, Luke Combs covered Fast Car? No. Oh yeah,
1: maybe I did. Oh, it's it's pretty good. good. Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite songs too. And of course, to the man who took Mm -hmm. Smoldering and. Yeah. to a whole other level in the movie classic, Shampoo, the great Warren Beatty. Yeah. Lakshmi and Billy, it was great having you guys on. If people want to get in touch with you, get your expertise working for them at their companies, what's the best way to get in touch with the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Lakshmi?
2: We have a number of channels. Uh, we are on LinkedIn, search for Alvarez and Marcel, Consumer and Retail Group, short form CRG, We have a website of our own where we provide details around, you know, who we are, what kind of services we provide, what kind of uh, sectors we cover within consumer and retail, and uh, you know, reach out to us. We have coordinates, L. Lakshmanan at alvarezandmarcel.com.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, that closes us up. If Remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make sure as hell it's OmniTalk.
0: Make sure as hell.
1: Yeah, right. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us. And it's all just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like, and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. So until then, and on behalf of all of us at Omnitalk and the AM Consumer and Retail Group, as always, be careful out
0: there. The Omni Talk Fast 5 is brought to you in association with the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brand. They empower brands with shoppable and livestream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. You can find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omnichannel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to spscommerce.com. And finally, Cezzle Sezzle is an innovative buy-now-pay-later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four-interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit sezzle.com.